Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. I have been trying to secure my first guest for a long time because she is one of the most important figures in the sport, whichever way you slice it. A new day, one race, first place is all I have in mind. Barsheba from Polly's Mark, her back in third lady Jane Digby, Clive Fox in Clover. She runs around close home, but Barsheba makes it back to back win. Dream Ahead trying to get through, Hitch is just in behind that. Bated breath in front, Dream Ahead though joining in with Hayley Turner and Dream Ahead has won the Darling July Cup. An extraordinarily significant day for Hayley Turner. Margot did it in front though, chased by Hamish McGonagall. Another group one for Hayley Turner. Margot did win the Dunthorpe. Shaden now with just a nose in front. It will be Shaden who takes the first of Clyde for Lady Cecil and Hayley Turner. Forest Ranger from Eugenio inside the final furlong. Forest Ranger needs the line. Eugenio is going to find it first. Well, she has been a pioneer, a trendsetter, the most successful female jockey the UK has ever produced. Hayley Turner, welcome. Good morning. Hello. All right. I thought you were watching that with a mixture of enjoyment and not embarrassment, but slight, <laughs> slight humility. Anyway, it's it's been a, it's been a great career. You got to you got to enjoy it and revel in it. Surely. Yeah, I do. I do. I think um, when you're riding, though, you don't you kind of don't appreciate what you've done until you stop and and look back. So. Yeah, no, it's been fun. I've had a, a lot of good times over the years. You, you have stopped a couple of times. We'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that a little bit later. But you seem really happy and settled. Just your whole demeanour seems seems like you're in a good place. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've um, I think stopping did me good actually, and um, I've just been able to manage manage myself better since I've been back riding and you know, not trying to do everything uh -huh. and keep everyone happy and be a little bit more selfish, really, but it seems to be working well, so. Well, they're selfish and they're there's self-contained, I suppose. And yeah. I, I know you've done a lot of media work, but are you someone who's wanted to be out there and on the front of magazines and really pushing yourself or not really? I think <clears throat> initially when I started doing well, like Champion Apprentice and, you know, then winning the July Cup and the Beverly D, I think it's it's good for you for your profile yeah. um, but at the end of the day I, you know the best thing about it is riding the horses and I think that I did a bit of an overload with the media and riding and just doing everything that um, when I wasn't doing as well then I just got you know exhausted and a bit sour with the whole thing so um, yeah I definitely think it's, it's mm. better now so you're happy now you're in a good place yeah ready to kick on yeah. up towards a thousand winners how long have you got before you get to it? Oh, um, it's not that. It's not that far. Oh, is it? it is. It's, well, I've got um, not that I'm counting, but I'm on a hundred and uh, eight hundred and thirty-six. Yeah. So, yeah. It would be nice to do, but it's um, just knock off seventy next year and a hundred the following year, and you're, yeah, you're job away. Done. You're yeah. away. Take me back to where it to where it all started. I mean, were were you always going to be a jockey or not? Um, not no. Because I'm not from a racing background at all, um, so I actually didn't even watch racing. Um, my mum is a riding instructor, or was, mm -hmm. and um, so I used to follow her around. You know, we didn't have a, our own horses, but I used to 
ride other people's and um, I think that was a good thing about sort of learning to ride on the tricky ponies they're the only ones I got yeah. to ride at the time so um, and then when I, I I enjoyed school more for the social side of it than being educated so um, when I I did okay I did okay at school got a few GCSEs but I wasn't Mm-hmm. I wasn't into doing anything academic. I wanted to sort of be more hands-on. And a friend of mine at school, Adam Pogson, mm-hmm. he was—he's um, actually training now. He was a, his father was a permit holder, Charles Pogson. Yeah, I remember. And um, so he was going to the Doncaster Racing School. So I went up there for a taster day with him and, and my mum and dad. And I thought, yeah, I could do this. So, and that's how it all started. And mm-hmm. you always seem quite relaxed and just take take things in your stride and not not agonizing too much over over decisions is is that just the way you come across is that or is that really the way you are I think um, I I just do well what I enjoy really and I'm lucky to have a job that I enjoy so much but um, if I stop liking something I change it and I think that it's sort of how you feel at the time you can't really plan too far ahead and and just go with it so I don't like to have really high expectations and put myself under pressure and I think that's the best way to do things. And so when you went to the to the racing school did you immediately think well yeah I feel at home here this is my it's an environment I I belong in? Yeah I think so because I used to ride some of the really tricky ponies and you know I, I I'd be rather that when I was at school I wasn't top of the class but then when I went to the racing school I was like one of the best ones there and so that was that was nice as well I mean I, I think I still hold the the record I got ran off with on the gallops. I think I went around there about five times, um, but and, you know I fell off a lot. But there was people there that had never ridden before, so I felt like you mm. know quite superior there. And so I thought, yeah, I could be good at this. But you didn't mind. You didn't mind being run away with. You just you oh, just no. sort of went went with it, and you were. I'm guessing you were pretty brave. Um. Yeah. Straight. Stupid. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. I always like a challenge you know and it's a, when I left um, racing school I went to work for Mark Polglaze and I mm-hmm. was there was a horse that used to the head lad could only ride and he was away and I was like I'll ride it I'll, you know just because I wanted the, the challenge and then he'd run off with me and it was you know a disaster but um, yeah weirdly I, I kind of like challenges and doing stupid stuff and so you then challenged yourself, I'm guessing, to to become a, jo- a jockey. So you got your your apprentice license and and you were away, but it it didn't have a a happy start, did it? No, I was um, I was living down at the training centre at Southall Racecourse. It's like a little house attached to a barn, and um, my dress was barn too, <laughs> Racecourse Road, and Declan Carroll um, trained next mm. door to Mark Polglaze, and I. Um, I got my license out and he gave me my first ride, even though my license was, was with Mark Polglaze. So what, are you 17? Yeah, 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 and it was a horse called Mark Ellis, and um, so it was two miles at Southwell, and I had to do, I think, I claimed seven off 710, and so I had to lose like a pound or something, because I was pretty light at the time, and um, Declan was like, just go in the sauna, you'll be fine at the races. So I'm like oblivious. I walked, there's a door into the sauna from the girls' changing yeah. rooms. And I walked into the sauna and there was like five naked jockeys there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I wasn't expecting any guys to be in there. Mm. And um, there was like a Tony Culhane and Dean Murner and 
Fergal Lynch and I think Joe Fanning was in there and it was just one I'd never forget it and I sat there for about three minutes I didn't sweat at all and just like left quietly with my towel wrapped around me I was like so I didn't do that again. But um, anyway, I rode, the, I rode the horse and um, it was over two miles and I got to the mile marker and he like took a bad step and he kind of nearly fell down but he managed to stand up and everyone else just shot off and I was just stood there at the mile marker like, I got off him and he'd broke his leg and so then the sort of, everyone came running over to me and the, they had to, it was like before they were injected and they actually shot him on the track, which they don't do anymore. And then I had to untack him and then walk back across the track. And then my mum and dad had stood there waiting for me to pass the finishing post and I never turned up and then they saw me and I was like, I thought, oh my God, are you okay? I was like, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> you know, because it's just the emotion yeah. and the adrenaline running through me and then that had happened. And so that was, it wasn't a good start, but it weirdly, it didn't put me off, so. Do you think that was because you were young and you were quite fearless and you were just ready for the next step? Because yeah. for a lot of people that would have been a quite a traumatic experience. Yeah, I, I, yeah, perhaps. But f for me, it was, you know, it was a, it was, it wasn't very nice, but um, it wasn't something that sort of scarred me. So. Mm. You say you say you like a challenge. I think when when you became champion apprentice, there was a sort of perception that in order for a, a woman to be champion apprentice, they would have to be fiercely determined and driven and ambitious and have had that as a target. Was that you or not? Uh, I think obviously I was apprentice to Michael Bell, and I think I've had he's been amazing over the years with one thing and another, but. Um, I had his support and then obviously there was Celine Golan and me fighting it out and yeah. it was it was just like I was totally in the zone and that's all I wanted to do from the I went to bed thinking about it I woke up thinking about it and for the last sort of month it was so close and actually for us to finish level I think because Celine was in the same place as me it was it was probably quite a nice thing in the end in um, the end what did you think at the time at the time, I didn't want to. I just didn't want to come second. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I was ha I was happy with the draw. To be fair, I mean, I would have liked to have won, but it got it got that close and that tight. I just thought if I lose it now, it would be the worst thing. So, yeah. we talk a lot about diversity in the sport now. We didn't talk about it very much in the year when when you were champion apprentice. Did did you feel the significance? of being a, a female champion or not? No, I still don't think I do, to be honest, about the whole being a woman in a man's world. And I, I, I never, I've never moaned about it and I've never, I've never found that it's held me back massively. I think that a lot of people in the non-racing world think more about it than the trainers and, and the other jockeys don't bother about it at all you know I think because when you learn their respect in the weighing room then you know you they don't treat you any differently do you appreciate now though that you have been an example to people that you've had a positive impact on people's careers because they've looked at you and thought well if Hayley can do that then I can do that uh, yeah I suppose I do a, a bit I mean it's 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 nice that I've been able to set a good example and it's amazing the difference in the girls changing rooms like last night I was at Chelmsford and there's like six other girls in there and I just like usually it's just me and 
going going back like years, it was myself and Kim Tinkler, Alex Greaves, and then it went to sort of Joanna Badger and Lisa Jones. Yeah. And then it's kind of like there was a bit of a gap, and then there was like Kirsty Miljarik, and and now there's like more and more coming through, and it's like the I think the the youngest professional female jockeys behind me is or set the second oldest would be Josephine Gordon. I think she's like 26, and I'm 36. It's like 10 years different. It's mad. And you've yeah, you span sort of four. Not four generations, but four <laughs> four groups, I suppose, of, yeah. of women jockeys, all of whom have had sort of varying varying levels of success. And I know you've taken your time out, but you've you've kind of been a constant there. Um, do you do you enjoy being that person that, that people look up to? Um, yeah, I, I sometimes I think I don't think everyone looks up to me, and everyone thinks like I don't think all the girls. I mean, I think they work hard and have their own ambitions and targets but yeah I, I suppose yeah it's nice if they do that and like, do, you, do you get asked for advice much um yeah sometimes yeah if if there's a horse that I'm riding or a lot of the young girls will ask about the track and you know they'll sometimes come in and say would you mind just watching this and and tell me what you think which is nice yeah do you think you have to work harder to gain the respect of your of your male colleagues or not so much um, no, not really. I, d I don't think I've had to work hard at it at all, but I'm, I'm not in a... I've not done it any other way, so I don't really know. I wouldn't know the difference. You were, in the, you were in there from the beginning, if you yeah. like. You were the, the first one to really, really break through and make, a, yeah. make an impact, so everyone had a, a, quite a bit of respect for you. My, my target when I started race riding wasn't to, to do such, like, you know, do so well. It was like... Like, I probably still am like that now. Like, I wanted to have a few rides. Mm -hmm. And then when I had a few rides, I thought, I want to have a winner. And then I had a winner, and I thought, I want a few more winners. And then I, I went down from my £7 to £5. I thought, I want to get down to my three. And then I thought, I'd like to, you know, lose my claim completely. And then my first winner, without my claim, was for Michael Bell at Haydock on a horse called um, Rawdon for Edware. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, it was like I crossed the line I thought, I've done that without my claim. I wonder if I could actually make a living out of this now. And it's, so then I've done that and then I've had a listed winner and then I had a group three and then it's, it's just, but I've never started thinking I'm going to be, you know, amazing champion jockey. It's just crept up without me really noticing and... I think that's probably a good thing is to not put myself under too much pressure. So. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think in a weird way keeping those expectations realistic has been a bit of the key to your your success because you sort of probably it's probably kept you in a in a good place mentally yeah I think also having a non-racing family have helped as well mm. because I think it's important to keep you know stepping outside the bubble because it is you can get wrapped up in it a bit too much and I think that my family definitely keep me grounded so what are they what are their main interests at what what takes you out of the racing bubble? Um, so my my dad and my sister they like to go out and have a drink, and my like my dad and the sports like he were talking yesterday going racing Notts County we were on BT Sport, which was a big novelty, and I like the boxing, snooker, darts. I love all the other sports. So I'm really into competitive sports. Like yeah. there's not a lot else that interests me, but. Um, I think I get that from my dad. My mum is um, into her horses, animals, and you know, like she works, she works hard. But none of them, 
apart from my nana, my nana's the only one that will be, she'll be watching this now. She's got a, like, oh right, so we've got from nine o'clock Sunday till ten thirty in the morning. Then she'll have all my rides written down, and she watches everything. And every time I have a winner, I get a message from her. But apart from that, my family don't sort of get into racing. But we're, we're a very close family. Mm. We're always talking and and meeting up, and you know, when, whenever I can. And I think it's good that they've learned over the years that you know, sometimes I can't go to a christening or a barbecue and. Mm -hmm. They've, they've been very good understanding that. And so. very supportive of you. Yeah, really supportive. And no matter whether you're riding high or things are, things are going badly, just level totally, and Totally, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like when I rode in the um, G-like up, I text my mum, I said, I've got a good ride this afternoon. I said, um, it's this time, you, you should watch it. And I text my dad that, just because I thought, yeah, it's a great one and I actually might, might have a little chance. Um, but if I hadn't, they wouldn't have even realised that I was riding in the race. So I think that's quite nice in a way. Yeah. It was yeah. an amazing ride to get. He was a fantastic two-year-old. And I think everyone had been wanting and expecting a, a performance like this. And yeah. it, it, was a, it, it was a great ride because you were, you were pretty brave. Yeah, I think that um, David Simcock, he's, um, he's great to ride for because he doesn't make a big deal. I mean, I could have been riding in the 820 from Chelmsford and he would have just, you know, been as, as normal as he would have been that, like on that day. It's like, leg me up, enjoy yourself, take your time, get him in a nice rhythm. Um, and he didn't sort of plow mm. me down. So... I actually did enjoy it, and I just knew cantering down on him, you know, and you're just sitting yeah. on a nice horse. That's, you know, it's it's nice. But then when you get on the horse and you get down to the start, and that you you get away from all the, you know, the hustle and bustle and the media, and it's like you just switch off. Then did that moment there? I'm, I'm, I I had to listen to me saying this is a huge moment in the career of Ailey Turner <laughs> for about six years because Racing UK used to use it on a promo. Was it a huge moment in your career? Did it make a big difference to you? Did it make a difference to the way people perceived you? Um, yeah, I, th I think so. It's um, At the time, it was like, you know, like I've ridden a Group 1 winner, but, you know, like my mate Patsy Cosgrave did it last week. Yeah. So I wasn't thinking, um, you know, this is... At the time, I just thought, this is great, you know, amazing. This is what we work hard for. I didn't think the whole female you know first group one and it was like when I um, had my hundred winners in first one to have a hundred winners in a year I was like I got to Wolverhampton and I did it and I thought oh I might get star performance in the racing post tomorrow because George Baker did it the week before and he got star performance and then he just like on the front of every paper it was like what it's like I've not done anything different to what George has done but, yeah, it's obviously because of my girl, so... But isn't that what's informed your whole life, really, that you've never expected yeah, that much? possibly. And, and things have happened, and then you've thought, oh, that's nice, I'll try and push it a little bit further, push it a bit further. So, yeah, there's ambition there, but it's not... It, yeah. it doesn't sort of rule your life. Is that fair? I think you, I... Can, you can only work... You, can, you know, you can only do your best, mm -hmm. and, and I always do my best, whether it's riding out... If I'm in a race, you know, if the worst time is if I ride a horse, and I just think I should, I should have done that. I don't need anyone to tell me that I've messed up. I'll know, and I'll, and I'll be quite hard on myself.
But I th and I think, like I had a load of seconds last week, but instead of getting frustrated, I thought, if I rode each race again, I couldn't have beat the winner, and I'd, and I'd given it a good ride, I didn't do anything wrong, and so I'm, I'm happy with that. And I just think as long as you do your best, it's, it's like you can't, you can't go wrong, really. So that even temperament means, as well as not getting too carried away with the success, you can, you can put the defeats aside quite readily. You're not one of those jockeys who goes home, beats yourself up, yeah. throws things at the TV, no, and no. gets yourself in a real... Funk. I think you learn. You learn over. Like I've been doing it for quite a long time now, and I yeah. think you learn to. You learn all these mind management things, don't you? It's. Um, it's. It's. Well, some people do. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone. Yeah. But I've, you. I've, you have. I think I've nailed it. I'm uh, getting there. I'm sure I still have my damn moments, which is which is fine. You know, you can never be. You know, you can't be happy all the time. It's okay to have have you down days and you know not feel your best and yeah. be a bit miserable but that's okay and in a 20-year career you're going to have difficulties with injury and so forth and you've had your fair share of those and that fall at um at Doncaster wasn't it from from seal of approval was x-rated mm. and I and many others I think doubted whether you'd ever really make it make it back from that did you ever doubt it uh no I didn't but I think that that definitely delayed I think it definitely put a dampener on my career and I think that might have even been the retirement I think because I was doing so well and then I came back riding and I'd lost my confidence a bit so I was taking out of gaps that I shouldn't have been and um, I think people could see that I wasn't riding as well and so they'd just written me off and so to try and like prove that I had it because I did get my confidence back and, mm. I, and I did start riding well again and but everyone else had just written me off and she's done now you know she's had her time and it and it just frustrated me because i would drive anywhere for a ride did you know people it, were saying it um or did you suspect people were saying it i i had an idea i had an idea a few people that you know there's a couple of people that had dropped in that you know a few nasty people that i don't really like and sort of have little digs and stuff and it just frustrated me and the, but I, I actually got to the point where I was riding, like I was fine. There was nothing wrong with me, mm. and every, everyone, because everyone had written me off, I couldn't, I couldn't sort of get myself out of that little hole I was mm. in, and just got exhausted and, and frustrated. And I think that's why I said I've had enough. I've had enough now, and maybe kind of thought, well, yeah, maybe I've done, I've done my bit. Put your boots up now and just appreciate what you've done. Which, when I, when I retired, I genuinely didn't think I'd be back. I had a big retirement party and I was happy that I'd made the decision for a long time. But then it sort of started creeping back in, so... Where did you get a, a feeling that you'd made the wrong decision? I think it was when I started riding um, abroad for like a... It was like a meet for the media, sort of role that, mm. which I'd taken on I tried you know I was, didn't enjoy it as much as riding I found it quite hard work but you know I'd go over to Greece and I'd and I'd ride and um, keep peddling the myth that doing this is hard work yeah <laughs> you're doing us all a great favor <laughs> um and it was I was fine and then I got started enjoying the riding and then I, I did one in Sweden and then um the 
I said Michael Bell, I, I started back riding out with him and um, I had um, a comeback ride because he, I, I wanted to get fit for Sweden and put one through the stores before yeah. I rode, and so he gave me a ride at was Windsor. Windsor, yeah. And and that one, um, and I was I was exhausted. I was so unfit. I fell off after the line and everything. It was just amazing how you lose your fitness when you've not done it for a long time. But um, yeah, so then I was like, still had the bug, and then they we did the Shergar Cup, mm -hmm. and then I had a winner there. And I, and I just kind of was looking for a way back in without, I was looking for a way back in without saying, it was when they brought out the claim in France, I yeah. thought, well, this is a great window, because I can go over there. So it gave you a ready-made excuse. Yeah, well, the, yeah, I was going to retire, but, no, you know, it was like, so I went over to France and um, I, I had a great time over there. I'm Her, not surprised claiming four and a half pounds off yeah. everything, it's a daylight <laughs> robbery. Hervé Nagar was uh, my agent over there, and he looked after me so well. Um, he looks after PC. Um, Pudo. Yeah, yeah. and um, so I had I had a few rides, and I did well. And I I think what I enjoyed is doing like new tracks, new people, um, and it was just a, a change. And it was I was doing what I enjoyed again. Mm. And then I got offered um, a retainer off an owner out there for the next season. Um, so I went and I had a chat with Michael Bell. I always go to Michael Bell for whenever I'm in a sticky situation or something. Uh, I, I, the, the, he is such a recurring motif in your life and career. Yeah. I can't think of many jockeys who owe as much to, to a trainer as you do to, to Michael from what you've told me just this morning and what I knew already. Yeah, he, he's, he's been amazing. So um, he... I think like when I lost my claim initially, he I had a quiet year. Um, I had like 35 winners, but that was without my claim, and I, I, I don't think he thought I was ready to push hard straight away, um, which I agree with. I probably wasn't. I didn't have a claim, but I wasn't riding as as well as a lot of the lads, and I needed the experience. And he's just managed that really, managed me so well. It's just like over the years, and mm. and just when I've got you know any kind of question he's just very you know straight down the line he'll say exactly what he thinks and he's usually right so when when I was coming back from France I said, look I've been offered this retainer and so I started the, the horses that I was going to ride for the owner weren't running early on in the season so I started riding over here to get fit again and then um, I won the Victoria Cup and started doing really well and then I was like do I want to go to France I like Back riding out for Michael Bell, which I enjoyed having big winners, and it's home. So I was like, I might just stay now. Yeah. So then it's kind of st snowboard since then. And that's it now. You're 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 back. You're back for good. Um, now you did have a little uh, altercation in the middle of all this, where you got a three-month ban for something that um, I think most of us thought was fairly innocently intended because you'd had a bet but you technically had a license at the time even though yeah. you were only half riding in the odd novelty race now I, I got the sense at the time that you were a bit mortified by that because you're not someone who ever does much wrong is that is that <laughs> right um i was just it was just it was me just being stupid and i again this is another thing i went to michael bell about i was like this is what's happened he was like gosh you plonker well it's harmless. It wasn't, you know, I, I don't, um, I'd never, you know, when I was riding, I'd never have a bet. But because I was doing the TV um, and then I had 
to get to ride in the Shergar Cup, for example, I had to get my license out. Mm. Um, so I rode on that day. I'd, I'd never have a bet, you know, on the build up and that. But then I went back into retirement. So then it was okay to, you know, be standing doing the, the TV and put a fiver on a horse. And you know, there were. I think my biggest bet was twenty pounds and. And um, it was just stupid. I just didn't think, and I was right to. I was right to get the band because it was just not. I just didn't use my common sense, basically. It was just one. Of, it was just one of those things. But that, that was before you sort of really made the decision to come back and yeah, and come back properly. Yeah, when I had like I had no interest. Like betting, I I don't win, so <laughs> betting's not my thing. I do like having. Um, like the other sports, like the snooker and darts, mm. I, you know, I'll have a fiver on Hunting Van Gerwen. Like a dervish. And, yeah, it's like just fun little bets like that. But yeah, that was just stupid. Uh, so what now? Where are we now? What now? What's the future hold? Are you just taking every day as it comes? Yeah, well, um, last, I've had a great season. Um, you know, Shergar Cup winners, Ascot winners, listed winner last week. It's It's gone really well quality-wise, but quantity, it's mm. not as it used to be and I think that me going to Dubai last year I didn't come back till mid-March and then I got my ban and then I got um, an injury that I've just come back from and so I think what I'm going to do this year is just um, stop being so soft and just get my head down and ride on the all weather and um, I'm enjoying it at the moment so. So you're going rewind 15 years aren't you or 20 years? Yeah, just, yeah and I like being at home in the winter I mean Dubai is great um, but I like being at home, I like watching the, you know, like I keep going on about the snooker darts, the football, the rugby, and um, then you've got your Christmas with your family and there's always plenty of interesting gigs to You've got to a very go strong to. homing instinct, haven't you? Yeah, yes. December's full of good times, isn't it? So can I stick around for them? You're not the sort of person who wants to spend mm. Christmas in a hot climate, are you? No, but although no. We're, going, we're doing the Jockeys Challenge in um, South Africa, on the 10th of November. It's for 11 days and there's me, Franny Norton, Martin Dwyer, Rab Havlin, um, Andrea Radzini, and we're all taking a, a plus one and it's just gonna be so much fun. So that'll be good. And then back to work after that. And your, and your plus one is looking forward to it? My sister. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. My sister, Connie, I've got an older sister and she's been on all of these holidays with me so this so time I'm taking my other sister who she got married and had three kids one after the other and she's been in this child raising bubble for the last five years so this is the first time she's she's going to be away from them and first time she's ever flown business class and I'm actually looking forward to living the holiday through her she's going to love it. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Al Basti Dubai.